It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Made it through the weekend. Ah, welcome in, Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Monday, February 6th. We are six days away from Super Bowl 57, Eagles and Chiefs. I'll let you know Friday who I'm going to bet. It's a coin flip, in my opinion. The Eagles are slight favorites, but there's no controversy. There's no uh, there's no storyline. Okay, you got the Kelsey brothers playing against each other. All right. Patrick Mahomes in his third Super Bowl in five years, going for his second title. He'd be a early, no-question Hall of Famer if he wins his second championship. Okay. Jalen Hurts, forgotten man. At Alabama, had to transfer to Oklahoma. Not a high draft pick. All right. I'm not, there's nothing exciting about this Super Bowl. Both teams, number one seeds in their conference. Eagles have not been challenged in the postseason. The Bengals would have been a more fun story than the Chiefs. The Bills would have been more fun of a story. The 49ers would have been a more fun of a story. There's just no fun in this game. We'll talk about that later on in the week. Indiana knocks off Purdue. Kentucky survives. Louisville has 20 losses now. Kyrie has a new team. The six-pack promising start, but kissing your sister when all is said and done. Three wins, three losses. M&M Cartage Hotline is open. We can talk about any of those things. 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 384-1450. Or you can hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Don't forget right now you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app, register for Refreshing Rewards, and earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Uh... I got here today, Gary, on the other side of the glass. How are you, Gary? I'm doing great. I got here today. I, I, I'm in the car, sitting outside, waiting for Matt to uh, get done with the Hoosier report. And I realized I don't have my cheaters. Oh, no. Forgot my cheaters. I can't see the nose in front of my face without my cheaters. However, luckily... I'm in my mother, my 80-year-old mother-in-law's Volkswagen. I look good in that thing, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Big guy in a bug. Nothing looks better. Oh, it's, it's a bug. Yeah. Oh, it's a Volkswagen. It's, it's old school. One of the, oh, it is? So I decide, okay, she's 80. Let's look in the glove compartment. <laughs> and here I got them. Cat's eye. Got old lady cheaters. As you long know as they work, it doesn't matter. They work. Disaster avoided. What would you have done without those two? We would have had Gary Clark movie talk today. Hey, how you doing? That would have been what we did all day long. Because <laughs> I got a lot of stuff written down, but I can't I couldn't see any of it. There's no chance. And I haven't seen any good movies lately either, so oh, that's a good man. thing you found those. I saw classes. All Quiet on the Western Front, the <laughs> German version from this it's up for an Academy Award. Great. It was great. Even I've, subtitle. I've got a friend of mine that, that keeps bugging me. He says, I need to watch Yellowstone. 
Yeah, I haven't jumped into that lake yet. And my wife started watching it when it first came out, and she didn't like it. And so that's why I haven't, yeah. I haven't watched it. Tony Burke, my buddy. Oh, Yellowstone. Oh, Kevin Costner, Yellowstone. you got to see it. It's great. But I've heard negative things, too. And for me, it's up to my wife. It's a what are we going to watch now thing. And she'll say, you know, like we binged the Big Bang Theory when it finally got to uh, uh, HBO Max. Did you enjoy the show? I loved it. thought it was great. I like a good, good old-fashioned situation comedy that I don't have to think too much about. But, you know, we did Breaking Bad. We did The Sopranos, uh, all of those good ones. But it's Better Call Saul. I didn't. We started it. Yeah. Got about a season and a half in and said, eh, well, we're done. <laughs> well, my wife forced me to watch the Grammys last night. Oh, no. And, oh, well, you're man. a music guy. Uh, yeah, but. <sighs> what about Harry Styles' outfit? Uh, he had the uh, overalls without yeah. a shirt, multicolored. I That's was, when I turned to <laughs> I flipped it on. <laughs> I saw Harry Styles. I flipped it off. I'm done. Now, I'm grumpy old man, admittedly. But What I'm shocked done. me was uh, Madonna. Didn't see her. Oh, she looks awful. She looks <laughs> She actually looks her age now? <laughs> she, she must have picked a plastic surgeon off late night TV. Oh, that's, that's all I can say. Not yeah. good. And, and Shania Twain looked like Raggedy Ann with the real red hair. She's back out on tour now. Yeah, yeah. I always liked she's Shania She's coming Twain. to the Yum Center, I believe. Yeah. big. Um, I'm a country fan. Big Shania Twain fan. Back in the day. Back in the day. Whose what is it? Whose boots whose have boots your, have you, bed, have your bed boots been? been a, whose bed have your, your boots, boots been, been under? under? That's yeah. it. Yeah. Whew. Good stuff. Who won last night? Anybody that I know? Anybody that I've heard Bonnie of? Bonnie Raitt won. I like that. Yeah, she won for Song of the Year. Bonnie Raitt. I, I didn't even know they she were. They was... were surprised, and another surprise was that, and I never realized this that Diana Ross has never won a Grammy award. She was up for a Grammy Award last night, and she didn't win. She should never have left the Supremes. <laughs> Big career mistake. No, no, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> but, yeah, that's um, – was, How was Diana Ross up for a Grammy? Was it spoken word? Because I can't even – I don't even know if she could sing anymore. Yeah, I haven't heard her sing in that's a while crazy. either. Where did our love go? Oh, <laughs> anyway, so that was your night, huh, Grammys? <laughs> I had uh, I had the grandson yesterday, and I had him Saturday too. So Saturday, I'm watching Indiana Purdue on my TV, and on his TV, which is right below my TV, he's watching Dino Dana, Dinosaur Dana, whatever that show is. And of course, his volume's on, my volume is off. So at least I didn't have to listen to Dick Vitale do the Indiana game. <laughs> You're not a big Dick Vitale. Fan? Not a big Dickie V fan. And I used to be, but you know what? A time comes when you're done. Get out. You're finished. It's over, Alice. People, I got friends that get yell at me when I say that. Oh, how disrespectful. Okay, I, I thought Lou Holtz should have been done from game day three years before he left. We all run out of steam. I ran out four years ago, but I'm still here. Do you think, and there, I've been reading about this lately, do you think Tony, Tony Roma's run out of steam? Is, uh... He's got a little grief here lately. Yeah, he's he got really great. has. It they, was it was a novelty when he started. It was fun to watch him say, "This is what they're doing. This is what's exactly going to happen on this play," and he'd be right. And that was that was cool. 
Um, but he, you know, they say been, now he's just he's just phoning it in that yeah he's spending too much time on the golf course. I think you I think you might be onto something there because he well I don't know Jim I don't he says I don't know a lot now I don't know Jim maybe they should go for it uh, no man I don't think they should go for it oh they're going for it oh they got it well okay what do I know okay you're supposed to be an analyst you're supposed to tell us what you think you know. The, the the best new guy is Greg Olson on Fox, and he's going to lose his job as soon as Tom Brady wants to be an announcer. Yeah, so. that's that, and that's sad too because he's turned out to be pretty good. He's really good. He's really good. But again, a lot of these guys are really good, and what happens is we get old. We get we get tired of hearing them. You think Tom Brady will be any good? No, really, no. Just like Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's good at what he does. He does the Manning cast. Uh, with his brother Eli on certain Monday night football games on ESPN2 while the game is on ESPN. And it's funny because they have guests on. He's riffing with Eli. But to analyze a game, he would be so over-analytical because that's how he was as a player that, I mean, I don't think he could do it. Larry Bird uh, coached the Indiana Pacers. And he got out of it because the players weren't as good as he was. And he couldn't stand coaching guys who couldn't do what he – well, I did it, right? I couldn't jump over the Shepherdsville phone book, but I got out there and I did it. And I rebounded and I, play, and I played this way. Why can't everybody play this way? And he couldn't stand it and he had to get out of it. I think Peyton Manning would be the same way in the broadcast booth. Now, Peyton wasn't bad on uh, College Bowl when he was hosting that last year. He uh, coached yesterday, the Pro Bowl. Oh, the, yeah? The flag football game. His team against Eli's team. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. It was – I didn't watch a lot of it, but it was more entertaining than the, than the Pro Bowl has been lately when they don't really tackle each other. They just help each other to the ground. <laughs> so it was different. Uh, if, you're, if you're under 40, you probably really liked it. If you're over 40, you probably said, oh, what is this garbage? That's what we do. And we get tired of announcers. Gus Johnson. On Fox, who does college football, does some ba- college basketball. I think he's great. But the whole screaming and yelling, the play-by-play, it was great at first, but now everybody's, okay, Gus, we get it. You're loud. It's a, Every play is the greatest play you've ever seen. All right, we get it. I think, we, I think we got off on a tangent here. Gary. I remember Gus used to say, it's the cardiac cards whenever he would call a Louisville game. Oh, <laughs> he's National got something TV. for everybody. <laughs> he's got something for everybody. All right, Indiana beats Purdue. Uh, one of my few, one of my three winners in the six pack. It's bad when the six pack starts 2 0, right? Iowa State over Kansas, Virginia Tech over Virginia. On Saturday, noon games, right? I'm 2 0. I'm feeling good about myself. I'm texting buddies, hey, Six-pack, uh, here we go, check mark, check mark, winning, winning, winning. And then Louisville, sorry, Tennessee, sorry, Kentucky, sorry. Thank you, Indiana, by the way. Hoosier 79, Purdue 75, great game, great atmosphere from what I could see. Remember, I couldn't listen to the game because my grandson was there. Red out. What Indi- Now, don't storm the court. Don't storm the court. This is first win for Indiana over a number one team since 2013 when they beat Michigan. Don't get back to the point where you don't have to storm the court, where you expect to win these games. Get back to that point. 
Purdue drops to 22 and 2. They're still 11 and 2 in the Big 10. They're still going to win the Big 10. In my opinion, they're still the number 1 team in the country. Now we'll see what happens uh, when the poll comes out here shortly. Should be any minute now. Maybe it's out already. Well, it is out already. Purdue is still number 1. Houston is up to 2, Alabama's 3, back up to 3. Arizona 4, Texas is 5, Tennessee drops to 6. Followed by UCLA, Virginia, Kansas, and Marquette. Uh, where's Indiana? I don't know. I haven't found it yet, but I will let you know. 79-75 was the final. Trace Jackson Davis versus Zach Eady. Player of the year candidate versus player of the year favorite. Zach Eady is going to be player of the year in college basketball. Even though Purdue lost 33 points, 18 rebounds. Three block shots. He did have five turnovers in the game. Five of Purdue's 16 turnovers, which may have been the difference in the game. Trace Jackson Davis, great night. 25 points, seven rebounds, five block shots. He had three turnovers. So it was sort of a stalemate at that position. Big guy versus big guy. Trace Jackson Davis is more fluid. He's more athletic. But Zach Eady is just Huge. Seven foot three, maybe. And when he gets it down low and he's got it in a spot he wants it, you can't stop him. Double team, triple team, doesn't matter. He is going to go over top of you, and you are not going to stop him from getting the shot off. He was great. He is player of the year. And Purdue should still be number one. Tennessee was number two. They've been they lost at Florida this week, and then they were terrible. Uh, won a game in which they scored forty six points on Saturday. Terrible. Uh, Jalen Hood Shafino sixteen points, four assists. He played well for Indiana. Trey Galloway added eleven points again. I go back to, and I know it's a broken record here. If you're Indiana. Trace Jackson Davis is going to be Trace Jackson Davis. He is an All-American. He is a first-team All-American. And if it wasn't for Zach Eady, he would be definitely in, that, in consideration for National Player of the Year and Big Ten Player of the Year, for that matter. He's going to give you 25, 10, 10 to 15 rebounds and play defense on the big man on the other team you got to get two guys each game to help him out, and I don't care who it is. It can be Race Thompson. It can be Miller Cop, It can be Tamar Bates. Saturday, it was Trey Galloway and Jalen hood Shafino. And hood Shafino should be that guy every day. He should, every game. But he's a freshman. Freshmen are still freshmen. He's not going to be a sophomore next year. He's going to be a rookie in the NBA. But he had 16 important points for the Hoosiers. And, man, when he went down, with uh, took a misstep on a breakaway layup, got a little challenge at the end, and went down, I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. Because it looked like a knee. When he came back in, there was an enormous sigh of relief in Assembly Hall. Galloway was the other guy on Saturday. 11 points. Really a lot of energy. He just brings energy every time. And the crowd was great. Indiana shot 52.5%. Purdue shot 51%. Eady 
Indiana 4 of 10 from 3. Purdue was 6 of 18. The Hoosiers were 15 of 18 in the line. Purdue was 10 of 17. That's a little bit of it. Remember, this is a four-point game. It's a four-point game. So the difference between 15 out of 18 and 10 out of 17 is five points. There you go. Purdue out-rebounded Indiana 38-22. to When you have Zach Eady, you're going to out-rebound the other team. Almost always. It's kind of like having Oscar Shibwe. Most of the time, you're going to out-rebound your opponent. And Purdue did by 16. The big number was turnovers. Indiana only had seven. Only seven. Purdue had 16. And I heard a, and I don't remember who it was, so I'm not going to be able to give credit here, but I heard a national broadcaster say the problem with Purdue and the reason Purdue is going to falter in the NCAA tournament is they don't have NBA guard, an NBA guard. They don't have a guard that's going to play at the next level. They got Braden Smith, the freshman, who's at the point, plays very well. They've got Fletcher Lawyer, who had 12 points. He was the only other Boilermaker in double figures. He can shoot it. They're both freshmen. And according to this analyst, and I wish I could remember who it was, the problem with Purdue is they don't have any NBA guards. If you're Indiana, you've got an NBA guard, Jalen hood Shafina. If you're Kentucky, you've got Kaysen Wallace. He's an NBA guard. Houston with Sasser, NBA guard. Tennessee, uh, Ziegler, Vescovi, maybe NBA guards. But maybe that's going to be their downfall. I still like Purdue. Purdue's going to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. When you're a one seed, you should get to the round of 16, usually without any issues. And then, in my opinion, once you get into the Elite Eight, it's open. Anybody can win it. Anybody can win it. Great win for IU. Now you got Rutgers on Tuesday. 6.30 game, which is early. At home, which is advantageous for Indiana. And it's a revenge game. Remember, Rutgers humbled the Hoosiers 63-48 to back in December in East Piscataway, New Jersey. Big Ten Network, 6.30. We'll have all the action also right here on the Big X on Tuesday. Let's take a break. Kentucky with a win, Louisville with another loss. Kyrie Irving has a new home as well. We'll talk about all that. Listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Popping the cough drops. Trying to stave it off. <clears throat> Doing my best anyway. Eminem Cartage hotline is open. 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 384-1450. Or you can hit me up on the Thornton sex line. 502-414-1450. Texter says, I'm with you, John. I think Brady is going to stink and be boring as all get out. He's missing something when it comes to hearing him in interviews, and I'm not sure what it is. I think he'd be better at broadcasting golf on a Sunday afternoon when you're hungover from the night before. The goat of nap time. Well, do you want to do it? That's the question. You're Tom Brady. You were married to Giselle. You got a, a gazillion dollars. You've got a clothing line. 
um, TB12 supplements. You've got all this going on. Do you want to do it? Do you want to show up on Friday, sit in pre-production meetings with coaches and players, maybe play golf on Saturday, and then do a game on Sunday afternoon? Does Tom Brady want to do that? Maybe he'll be good. Look, I didn't think Tony Romo was going to be good at first. Uh, Romo? Why would they get Romo? He never won a Super Bowl. He never won a playoff game. Playoffs. But he was good at the beginning. Maybe he's mailing it in now. Maybe he'll be refocused next year. He is getting a lot of grief. But I didn't think Tony Romo was going to be able to do this. Tom Brady is going to get this opportunity because he's Tom Brady. It's that simple. If he wasn't Tom Brady, then... Greg Olson would be the lead analyst on Fox for years to come. But he is Tom Brady. And people will watch. Look, it's hard to critique Tom Brady, the football player. He's got seven rings, more than any other franchise. Think about that. He's got more titles, Super Bowl wins, than any other team in the history of the sport. So it's hard to critique his football playing career. People want to critique other people. And now they're, they're, they're rubbing their hands together. Oh, Brady trying to broadcast this is going to be great. We're going to roast him. Maybe he's great. Who knows? You got to want to do it, though. You got to want to put in the work. And it's not as much work as he had to put in as a quarterback, but it's still work. Does he want to put in the work to do that? All right, the new AP poll is out. As I mentioned, uh, Purdue stays number one, even though they lost to Indiana. Everybody else lost, too, by the way. Houston didn't lose, but they they were close. By the way, or I forget, the system was 2-1 and one this week. Thank you, Houston, for ruining a good thing yesterday. Now, if you include Tony Burke's system as well, 4-1. and one. LSU was a winner. They covered at home against Alabama. Georgetown was a winner. They covered at home against UConn. The loser was Temple yesterday, who was up four at halftime, getting 10, and lost 81-65 to Houston. Tony's two winners were Virginia Tech and Oklahoma State, who were home unranked favorites against ranked teams. Virginia Tech beat Virginia, and Oklahoma State beat TCU. So the system was really, really good this week. Purdue number one, Houston number two, Alabama uh, up to three. Arizona moves up one spot to fourth. Nobody's talking about Arizona. They're 21-3. and They clubbed um, Oregon State this week, and Oregon State's terrible. Texas is up five spots to number five. Do you know who's leading the Big 12? I just gave it away. Spoiler alert, it's Texas. Good game tonight, by the way. Texas and Kansas from Lawrence, 9 o'clock ESPN. Number five against number nine. I will be tuned into that one. Number six is Tennessee. The Vols lost to Florida on the road, and then they beat Auburn this week at home Saturday, 46-43. to oh, sent, sent basketball back decades. At one point, the teams were combined three for 32 from three-point land. 
But Tennessee drops four spots to number six. UCLA is seven. Virginia drops a couple spots after their road loss. They are eighth. Kansas down one to ninth. And Marquette into the top ten, up four spots to uh, number ten. Uh, 11 is Iowa State. 12 is Kansas State, followed by Xavier. Baylor and St. Mary's. St. Mary's up three after their win in overtime at home against Gonzaga over the weekend. I, you may have missed that. It was a 10-30 night game. Gonzaga drops four spots to 16. And it's TCU. Indiana, even though they lost in the middle of the week to Maryland, they move up three spots to 18 because of that upset. I guess you call it an upset of Purdue. Miami is 19th. They are on TV tonight as well. The Canes hosting the Duke Blue Devils, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Duke, by the way, is 27th if you take the top 25 on out. They're the second in the others receiving votes. 20th is Providence. 21st is UConn. And new to the poll at 22 is North Carolina State. 23 is Creighton. 24, new into the poll, Rutgers. 16 and 7. Keep that in mind too. Rutgers is 8 and 4. They are second in the Big Ten behind Purdue. The only team and, and just ahead of Indiana, by the way, who's 7 and 5 in conference. So big game Tuesday night in Bloomington. San Diego State is 25th. They dropped three spots. Florida Atlantic, Duke, Auburn, Clemson, and Pittsburgh are the next five just outside of the top 25. Pitt hosting Louisville tomorrow night. Kentucky got one vote in others receiving votes. Kentucky, by the way, has won, uh, is it six or five straight SEC games? They are all of a sudden seven and three in conference. Knocking on the door. Alabama's 10 and 0. Nobody's catching Alabama, folks. They're not. But Kentucky, seven and three, 16 and seven overall after a 72 61 win over Florida. The Gators dropped to 13 and 10, six and four. I'm going to be fair here. The spread went from four and a half, five and a half. So I'm going to call it a loss in the uh, six pack because I got it. I got it at five and a half, and Kentucky won by five. So I'm going to call that a loss. But you might have had it as a win. Florida, and I said this was a perfect spot if you're Kentucky to play Florida. Perfect spot. Florida's coming off a home win over second-ranked Tennessee. Going on the road against unranked Kentucky. I know it's Kentucky. I know it's a blue blood. I know the the name on the jersey makes you play harder against them. I get all of that. But Florida was celebrating for a couple days. I mean, they they embarrassed Tennessee down in Gainesville. They embarrassed them. And that also gets the attention of John Calipari and his players. The team coming in here did the same thing we did. They beat Tennessee. So they're not bad. You got to get ready to play. Uh, I, I'm at the point now where I think John Calipari would love it to be 1984, 1985. Because then, with a six point lead or an eight point lead with four and a half minutes to go, he could stall. He could pull the ball out, give it to Wheeler. You got Wheeler out there. You got. Case and Wallace out there, two pretty good ball handlers. Toppin to be a release guy. Sheebway be a release guy. Maybe you got Frederick. Maybe you got Reeves. I believe he would love to run the four corners. Because when Kentucky is up 
six or eight, with four minutes to go, invariably, he does not let his guys run and have a fast break bucket. We are going to run 25 to 28 seconds off of that 30-second shot clock. We're going to run the weave out top. It's going to end up in the hands of Wallace or Wheeler, whichever one's in the game. And if I could hold it for another 30 seconds, I would. It is it is mind-boggling. It's irritating to see a team with talent not let that talent play. And that's that's what it's gotten to now, the last several years. That's what it's gotten to. I'm in control. Yes, you're a great athlete, Casey Wallace. Yes, Toppin, you're a great athlete. Chris Livingston, you're a great athlete. Damian Collins even, unbelievable athletically. But I can't let you guys do anything because we are going to dribble it around and run the weave out top for for 22 seconds. Then we're going to get into our offense. And hopefully we get a good shot. Most likely we get a fallaway jumper or a um, you know contested hook shot from about eight feet. Or Oscar gets another shot blocked. It is mind-numbing to watch. And you can see it coming every time. Every time. They have the lead. Yet, yeah, Do you want them to have the lead as a Kentucky fan? Yes, of course. You don't want to be down with four minutes to go. But you can almost see him with a lasso throwing it around these guys and pulling them back saying, okay, now we're going we're gonna to get this win by holding the ball and playing defense. And Oscar can't play defense, by the way. Colin Castleton, 25 points and 8 rebounds against the Sheepway defense. He goes for ball fakes. You can jump over him. Is he a great rebounder? Yes. He's taught himself to be a great rebounder. He had 14 rebounds Saturday. He also had or 15 rebounds. He also had 4 points on 2 of 14 shooting. Because why? Because Colin Castleton was bigger than him. And he could not shoot over him. Kaysen Wallace, 20 points. He won the game in that last four minutes. He won the game in the last four minutes. Why? Because he was the best player on the floor. That's why he's not going to be in a Kentucky uniform next year. He's great. They have to have him. Uh, Toppin, 17 and 10. Jacob Toppin's been unbelievably good in the last six, seven games. He's been unbelievably good. He's been the guy you saw in the Bahamas earlier in the year. C.J. Frederick hit three out of six from long range. Kentucky fan, take that every time. 12 points for Frederick. Uh, Wheeler was good. Wheeler's numbers, eight points, two rebounds, three assists, zero, I repeat, zero turnovers. It appears... And I don't know this to be true, but it appears that Severe Wheeler has accepted the fact, has bought into the fact that he's going to be coming off the bench. He's going to be the backup point guard. He's going to be playing fewer minutes than Kaysen Wallace. Normally fewer minutes than Antonio Reeves, although Reeves fell out of pleasure real quick on Saturday night after that 27-point performance at Ole Miss. But Wheeler is going to be playing fewer minutes, and it appears, at least on the surface, that he's okay with that, or at least he has accepted that. He played great the other night. Played great. 
Kentucky shot 45%. They held Florida under 42%. Uh, free throws fairly even. Three-pointers fairly even. The rebound, as I mentioned earlier, Kentucky almost always out-rebounds their opponents. 38-30. to 30. Each team nine turnovers. It was a close game, and Kentucky pulled it out at the end. Next, you got Arkansas. Arkansas is 16 and 7 overall, but only 5 and 5 in the SEC. They've had injury problems. They had a terrible preseason pre-conference schedule. That's why they're 16 and 7, but only 5 and 5 in conference. Tuesday, 9 o'clock, ESPN. One of another one of those late Tuesday night games because ESPN loves Duke and Kentucky. I don't know how else to say it. ESPN loves Duke and Kentucky. Duke and Carolina this week, both unranked, and college game day was in Durham. Are you kidding me? Could have been in Bloomington. Could have been at St. Mary's when Gonzaga and St. Mary's were playing. There were, there were five different games this weekend matching top 25 teams. And where, does, where was game day? Duke, Carolina, both teams unranked. Sort of embarrassing. So it's a game, Kentucky. It's it's an, it's just like Florida. You want you want to ease your mind on getting into the NCAA tournament. You want to calm everything down. Beat Arkansas at home. That's fine. Just beat Arkansas at home. I'm going to take a break, and then we'll come back. If uh, our caller will stay on the line, we'll come back and talk to him. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Act. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment on this Monday. Eminem Cartage hotline open 384-1450. 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. You can hit me up also on the Thornton's text line 414-1450. Let's go to that Eminem Cartage hotline. Bring in Pat. How are you today, Pat? Good, John. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that, you know, it was interesting you talking about the analysts and, and announcers and uh, one guy who I think is the goat of broadcasting is Al Michaels. He's 78, and he is still good. Yeah, he got put in a bad spot this year with the whole uh, Amazon Prime right. thing. Right, uh, right. You know, hard to find. You can't change the channel, all those things. But And Thursday night games, look, they're just never as good as Sunday and Monday. Teams don't have enough time to, to get prepared for a Thursday night game. That's just the nature of the beast. But, yeah. Ever since, ever since, look, he was a Reds radio guy, and you remember, I'm sure. Oh, I know. You're a Reds guy. Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. He was a Reds radio absolutely. guy before the Miracle on Ice, but ever since Miracle, right. anything he touches is golden, in my opinion. I love Al Michaels. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He's a great baseball announcer, and 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 the the his call of the '86 playoffs with the Angels and uh, Red Sox were the. Uh, Angels gave up the lead in the, Dave the ninth with the team. Exactly. Right? That was a great call. Dave yeah. Henderson hit the home run off Donnie Moore. Oh, the late Donnie That's Moore. That's right. That's right. And, uh, Donnie Oof. Moore, yeah, yeah, later took his own life. Yes. Is, and then the Red Sox went on to blow the, blow the series against the Mets. Remember mm-hmm. that one? Right, right. That was incredible. Yeah. He's but great. also, you know, the thing – I don't really get the bracketology thing. I mean, I guess, you know, Joe Lenardi knows what he's doing, obviously, but I'm looking at his bracketology. It says 
Kentucky's 16 and 7. I know yeah. they had a bad loss against South Carolina. They won five out of their last six. Right now, they're the first, one of the first four in. Yeah. And then I'm looking at some of the other top 25 that's got six and seven losses. And I mean, I mean, I'm not saying Kentucky should be ranked, but I, I, I don't know. I think with this stretch, I just don't. I, I would think they would be more in the field at this point, you know, than being just like first four in. Well, heck, Texas A&M, who's ahead of them in the conference, they're the, one of the first four out. So yeah. That tells you what Joe I, I thinks about the that. SEC. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I'm looking at the losses. Take Indiana, and Indiana has has had some great wins. They haven't lost anybody as bad as Kentucky, but they're still they still got seven losses. I mean, Rutgers embarrassed them. Maryland beat them. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't understand. You know, but here's, here's what you got to remember, Pat. Rutgers is 19th in the net ranking today. Maryland is right, 28th. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, right. You know, Kentucky's 31st. And the problem Kentucky has is they've got one quad one win. That was at Tennessee. But they, yeah. the big problem they have, quad four loss. South Carolina, yeah. who's awful at home. That's right. what Lenardi's looking at. I believe 16-7 I mean, and seven, with a 7-5 and five record in the SEC, you're in the tournament, in my opinion. But they, yeah, but yeah. a win over Michigan State or UCLA or Gonzaga or any of those preseason top teams, the Louisville win means nothing, which it usually means right. something. It means nothing. Um, right. The problem yeah. they have is they don't have huge quality wins other than the win at Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. And that's where he's coming from. I, I would agree with you. Yeah. I think they're more solidly in than first four in. That's all I'm saying. Which is one of the last eight teams in the tournament. I agree with you. Right. But they still got work to do because you can't, you know, you can't lose home games. They haven't played well at home, which just, I don't understand it. They played much better on the road. It's unbelievable, the Florida game. I'm watching this. Kentucky's playing well at times, and then, but I mean, they're in control. they're, They're leading the whole game, and I look up, and there's less than a minute left. And they're up by three, and Florida's got the ball. I'm going, could Kentucky yeah. really lose this game? Yeah. I mean, they were up 14. They were 59-45. And then, I don't know, it's just, I, I, I don't know. And they're it, hanging on for dear it, it life. Like they had, yeah, it looked like they had the game in hand, and then all of a sudden, you know. <laughs> and I go back uh, yeah. to what I said in the last segment. I think Cal would stall if he could. I think he's scared yeah. to death that Kentucky's going to run, put up bad shots, the other team's going to get back in the game. Well, if you run 30 seconds off the shot clock and still get a bad shot with four minutes right. to go, yeah. then that the other team still has a chance to get back in the game, and that's exactly what Florida did. I think it was a double-digit lead at one point midway through the second half. Yeah, 59-45. Yeah. yeah, and you take your foot off the gas. And I just, with that kind of talent, I don't understand why that's that gets – I mean, you have more talent than Florida. You're, you're much more yep. talented than Florida. Yeah. Well, this brings up another question I have for you. When you look at what Kentucky had coming back, Sheebway, Toppin, Wheeler, Ware, and Case of Wallace, unbelievable freshman, Reeves, and, and, of course, Frederick. I mean, I'm thinking they should be a top-ten team right now. And if they're not a top-ten team, what's the problem? Is it the coaching? Is Calipari lost his coaching chops? Some people I think mean, so. A lot of people it. think so. <laughs> 
I mean, they because do. Kenny Payne's no longer on that bench. I know he brought Orlando Antigua back. John Robick is gone. You remember John Robick? That dude could, that dude yeah, could put together yeah. a game plan, man. He could. Yeah. I see him yeah. at, at yeah. games now. He scouts for the Spurs. That's what he's doing now. Yeah. Um, okay. He could yeah. put together a game plan. And you're missing Kenny Payne, who was a great individual instructor at Kentucky with big men. Um, you know, he brought Antigua back. You got some guys over there, Chin Coleman and Bruiser, and you're like, okay, whatever. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't like to You're do right. They got yeah. talent. The talent should not be the issue. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Okay, well, thanks a lot, John. Appreciate it, right, Pat. And I'm glad yeah. Pat called because that way I didn't have to talk too much about Louisville. I mean, I hate I, I hate uh, piling on here. Florida State 81, Louisville 78. The game was tied at 74. It was tied at 70, 76. I'll give the Cards a lot of credit. They fought back. They were down 17 at one point in this game. I'll give the fans credit. It wasn't a huge crowd. It was bigger than I expected. There was probably... 8,000, 9,000 people there, and, man, they were loud. They were positive. They were boisterous. They stood. They got into the game in that last two and a half, three minutes. Cards just couldn't deliver at the end. LL is 22-7. and seven. The problem I had, of course, you're down three. It's 81-78, which ended up the final score, and – you're coming down the court with under 15 seconds, and you're driving to the basket, L. Ellis. What are you doing? And I don't know if Kenny was telling him, go get a quick bucket. They they ended up getting a Mike James three-pointer from the top at the buzzer, a rushed three-pointer that wasn't close. But I don't know why you're going inside there. And he wasn't going inside to pass it back out. He was going in to score. They were going to try to get a quick layup with, 12, 13 seconds left, and then foul again. Cut it to one and foul again. You got to take a three there. You have to. You fought back in this game. You really had no business with 10 minutes to go. You had no business being in this game with under a minute to go. But you did somehow fought back. And then you just don't make the right play. You don't make the right play. You've got to take a three-pointer in that spot. And I was looking at the media assembled around me, and everybody's shaking their head, going, what are they doing? What are they doing? I guess it doesn't matter when you're 3-19 and 19 coming in, but now you're 3-20. and 20, And you had a chance to win the game. The late two-pointer that wouldn't have mattered anyway blows my mind. And it's still a team that doesn't play any defense. They don't. They didn't play even against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech just missed a lot of shots. Florida State only shot 48.4%. But again, Florida State's not a good team either. They're 8-16. and 16. Um, UofL out-rebounded the Knowles. I don't know. Came down to the last play. Bottom line. Came down to the last play. Kamari Lands maybe had his best game as a Cardinal. He had 15 Withers had 14. All five Florida State starters scored in double figures. Uh, Sidney Curry had a, had a nice bucket late, but he was non-existent most of the day. Akora four, the new kid, he can't stay out of foul trouble. He got two fouls away from the ball quickly, and they were just like, what, what are you doing? 
He just you know, he's just pushing people. It was a different game that he played in the NBA Africa League. It was a different game, more physical, believe it or not. So he's just out there pushing people around. He's got some skill offensively. He showed that. But Curry, non-factor. Mike James was a non-factor on Saturday. Uh, Ellis, 22 points, 7 assists. Played pretty well. And again, they came back, and it was impressive. So who's number one in the country? Again, I have no idea. Purdue's number one today. Purdue, I think, is a Final Four team. Houston, I think, might be a Final Four team. After that, you know, it's a it's a roll of the dice. By the way, Duke beat Carolina 63-57. I don't know if anybody cares. It was fit. I'll tell you who cares. Kentucky fan who was waiting for their game to come on was praying for no overtime in Duke Carolina. It was 57 all with a minute to play. Duke scored the last six points and won 63 to 57. Uh, Jim Baham snapped this week after his win. Uh, the Syracuse coach had this quote in the press conference after the game. This is an awful place we're in in college basketball. Pittsburgh bought a team. Okay, fine. My big donor talks about it, but he doesn't give anyone any money. Nothing. Not one guy. Our guys make like twenty grand. Wake Forest bought a team. Miami bought a team. It's like, really? This is where we are? That's really where we are, and it's only going to get worse. He also added, it's crazy. That's why those guys got out. That's why Jay got out, talking about Jay Wright. Mike got out, talking about Coach K. That's the reason they got out. The transfer portal and everything is nuts. It really is. Now, he walked those comments back when Wake Forest coach Steve Forbes basically said, why is he pointing us out? I don't have anybody making that kind of money in the transfer portal. So, uh, Beheim went on a bit of a rant, and I expect this to be Jim Beheim's final season. I said that after they beat Louisville and he came in the press conference. He was very funny, very uh, jovial and, and in a good mood. And I just just listening to him talk, I thought, he he's done. He's out. But you know what? Jay, he's right about Jay Wright. He's right about Mike Krzyzewski. He didn't mention Roy Williams, but it's the same thing. These guys are old school coaches. And players getting paid, while, while I think it's the right thing that a billion-dollar industry, industry would have to, at some point, pay the talent, pay the people that actually make it a billion-dollar industry, I think that's the right thing. These old-school coaches, they don't, they don't uh, subscribe to that. They don't. They like it the way it was. You come in, you get a scholarship, you get a free education, and we're going to coach you up and there's no NIL and there's no transfer portal. Remember back when you had to transfer, you had to sit out a year. Not anymore. And these old school coaches don't like it. We'll talk more about all of this tomorrow. Preview Kentucky, Louisville, and Indiana games for tomorrow night. And also uh, talk some NBA. LeBron closing in on the record. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Act.